Take your Bibles and turn to Lamentations chapter number 3. Lamentations chapter number 3. And we're going to start reading in verse number 21 in a moment. I'm so glad that you're here this morning with us and uh, today celebrating our 20th anniversary of Mississauga International Baptist Church. And don't we all love stories of faithfulness? I, I don't know too many people who are like, ah, I don't want to hear a story about that. No, we all enjoy it. We all like to hear stories of someone, you know, being faithful to the end or being faithful in, in, in trying situations. I found a couple. Uh, the first one is a fellow by the name of Timothy Stackpole. He was a New York firefighter who was severely burned in 1998 uh, trying to put out a fire. I, I do not know all the circumstances of that fire, but he was badly injured. He recovered, and he returned to the force of firefighters. Though he was advised by friends and family, hey, retire, you can live comfortably, don't worry about it. He was a great firefighter. He was passionate about it and, and his work, and he soon was promoted to captain. Even after the injuries, he was showing great leadership. And Timothy was one of the firefighters who ran into the second tower trying to save people when it collapsed on top of him. And he died. He knew his calling, and that was to be a firefighter. And that was the greatest thing in all his life, was to try to save people from situations that were life-threatening. And, and, and I read that story, and it stirred my heart that sometimes as Christians, we're not too faithful to what the Lord's called us to do, to reach this lost world. Sometimes we forget about it. This next story is a very interesting story. I actually had to, you know, sometimes you read things on Google and you're like, no, that's not real. Anybody else? I hope you do that. Everything on the Internet's not true. But I found out about this light bulb in Livermore, California. This light bulb has been burning continuously, with me a few exceptions, since 1901. It was made in the 1890s. It's not made like we make them today. It was handmade, blown, you know, uh, the glass. And, and the Livermore Power Light Company gave the bulb to Livermore Volunteer Fire Department over a century ago. And it's been burning, except with a few exceptions, you know. And it was been moved four times. And since 1990, uh, since 1976, they've only recorded once where the power, there was a power outage in the town. And it wasn't going. Now, it wouldn't light very much of this room today, okay? Uh, it, when it was originally built, it was a 60-watt light bulb. Now they tell me, I, I did a lot of research on it yesterday to make sure I wasn't giving you a false story. And now it's like a nightlight. But that's still pretty cool. That it's still able to do it that long. It was faithful to the task it was built for. And since the first services 20 years ago, the Lord has certainly blessed the efforts of this church and its pastor. I was not here when the church started. Uh, though I do remember being started, I was attending Faithway Baptist College at the time, and I remember my friends coming over to assist. Uh, I assume it was John Romans, Pastor T, so I don't, I don't know for sure, but I assume it was that. They took a big bus over. I couldn't come. Not because I didn't like Pastor Teeson. <laughs> it's because there's a dean at school that said I had to pay school bill. I mean... I had to work. Well, I do remember them coming back, my friends, and talking about how excited they were 
about what the Lord was going to do with this church. And lo and behold, how did I know? How did I know where we would be today? Lamentations chapter number 3. And we're going to start in verse number 21. This I recall to my mind. Therefore, I have hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in Him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for Him, to the soul that seeketh Him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Dear Jesus, thank You for this wonderful day. Another Sunday, Lord, but another day, another opportunity to give You praise and an special occasion of a 20th anniversary. Lord, You've been faithful to us. And Lord, help us to give You the praise and the glory that You deserve because of Your faithfulness. And Lord, I pray it be Your will and You tear Your coming, You give us another 20 years of serving and ministering in this great place. I pray these things in Your holy and precious name. Amen. Faithfulness is certainly a word and a truth that is espoused in the ministry of Mississauga International Baptist Church. I know through the 20 years, like I said, I wasn't here for every Sunday or all the years, uh, but I know Pastor Teeson's been faithful to the Word of God to preach it. And I know that God has been faithful to you of Mississauga International Baptist Church. The word faithful is found 82 times in the Scripture, and faithfulness is found 19 times in Scripture. So it's definitely a biblical principle, and it's definitely a characteristic of our God. Faithful. Faithfulness means firmness, security, moral fidelity, truth, stability. Now, I want to travel back in time, not to 20 years ago, but a long time before that, back to the book of Lamentations, to get the context of the faithfulness that Jeremiah, this who wrote this book, is referring to. The situation is this. The Babylonians have invaded Israel. They have destroyed Jerusalem. In these verses of these book, of this book, the awful suffering endured by that people, that city at the hands of the enemies are recorded. Yet even during this horrible time of pain and suffering, God had His man in Jerusalem, Jeremiah, to bring, and, and record the events and to bring honor to His name. Jeremiah is referred to as the weeping prophet. Uh, a study of Jeremiah's life reveals to us that, man, he faced so many sadnesses in life. And on times, if you read it, you, you think he was depressed, and I think he was, by what was going on around him. First of all, he was called into a ministry of preaching nothing but judgment. In Jeremiah chapter 1, we're not going to go to Jeremiah, but you can look these up after. Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. Now, I don't, I love to preach, but I don't preach judgment every time I get in the pulpit. I know Pastor Tisa doesn't. We have preached it. But Jeremiah was instructed to preach judgment all the time. I mean, every once in a while, yes, you need to hear it, maybe even a little bit more, but every message? Lord, can you give me one message just to give them a little hope? A little love? Give me a love message, Lord. Give me a love message. No, judgment. He was a man of deep sadness. And he openly wept about the sins of his people. Jeremiah 9. 
He preached that judgment faithfully and he suffered imprisonment by King Zedekiah. King Zedekiah didn't... I don't want to hear that, Jeremiah. In the prison for you. He's in the prison as the Babylonians are beating down the walls of Jerusalem. In a dungeon. When his city falls. After Jerusalem falls, many have been taken... Many have been killed. He doesn't gloat to say, I told you so. Have you met people who got it right and then they gloat about it? Have you met people like that? I've met lots of people like that. And I've determined by my mind, I'm never going to be like that because I don't like that. <laughs> but he never did that. You know what Jeremiah did? He was broken hearted for the remnant. He's broken hearted. After doing a, a life that he's been hated, he's been mocked, he's been imprisoned, he's been ignored... I'll tell you right now, no pastor likes to get in a pulpit and be ignored by the congregation he's preaching to. No. Now, I don't preach for you to like me, but I do hope and desire as I prepare and pray that you will respond to the message. No one. He was ignored. He sees his beloved city ransacked, destroyed, experienced the horror of war, the brutality of the enemy, he suffered hunger. Instead, in mid of all that, in the rubble of the city, he lifts his praise to God and says, "You're faithful." That's a powerful testimony. You're faithful. How was that possible that he could say it despite the trials and troubles that he had? Jeremiah knew the reality of who God is, and he deserves to be praised. Jeremiah knew that whether things were great or going great, or whether they fell apart, God was still God, and that He was eternally God, and He would be eternally faithful to His people. He found hope in a hopeless situation because he believed in the faithfulness of his God. This morning, Mrs. Saga National Baptist Church, we have not faced what Jeremiah faced, and I'm very thankful we have not. But if he found it right to praise God for the faithfulness, oh, so much more do we need to praise God today for his faithfulness to us. He's been faithful. He's been, he's, his mercy and grace has just overwhelmed us, have been endowed upon us for the last 20 years. When we all go, we all go through times in life when things go sideways and upside down the one time. Have you, you got up in the morning and you're like, man, this is a great day. And when 10 minutes later, you're like, I want to go back to bed. Can I press the reset button? You know, the easy button that you see at Staples. Can I find that button? And I'm fairly certain that if we asked Pastor Thiessen, he could relay some stories to us just like that concerning the 20 years of MIBC. When, when, when then times come, we need to remember and understand that God's still faithful. He's still on the throne. He's still taking care of us. And thankfully, the Bible gives us overwhelming evidence that our God is faithful. We can be sure as we face the struggles and storms and valleys of life that we can count on God. God is faithful in His grace. In verse number 22, it's of the Lord's mercies. They're not consumed. Mercies. It's the idea of loving kindness. It's found 30 times in the Old Testament. It's an expressive word that conveys the idea of love and grace, mercy, faithfulness, goodness, devotion. All those things we love. 
We like those things. We enjoy those things. And if you go in the New Testament, the equivalent would be like love and grace. But the idea is the Lord's mercies. And Jeremiah seems to be remembering that it was the pure grace of God that brought Israel out of the slavery of Egypt. And it was also the grace that kept them, uh, the redeemed people in spite of their failures and their wanderings. There's a word for us here today. His grace saves us. Amen? His grace saves us. Only grace could have reached us in our lost and doomed condition. Only grace. Only God's grace. We could not get to God. We could not build a bridge to God. We could not build a tower to God. We could not build a religion to get to God. We could not put a philosophy together that would get us to God. God came to us. He came in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ to die for our sins. Philippians 2.5 Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant that was made in the likeness of men and being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. His grace saves us. His grace secures us. Grace not only sought us out when we were lost, but His grace keeps us in our saved condition. Are we prone, prone to failure? Are, are we prone to wander spiritually? I don't need you to say amen. I know it is because we're all human here. We all have that tendency. If our salvation rests upon our ability to be faithful to the Lord, every one of us would be lost. But it has nothing to do with us. It has all to do with Him. Thankfully, salvation is the Lord's responsibility. And the Lord's faithful, so we do not need to worry. It's faithful. He's faithful. We're saved by grace. We're kept by the same grace. Who are kept by the power of God through faith until, unto salvation. Thank God that He is a faithful God. And gives us unbelievable grace. Now, I'm thankful that for the last 20 years, MIBC has been preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and seeing individuals and families coming to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. Just this past week, I had the opportunity to lead two ladies to Jesus Christ. That was wonderful. We're still doing it. I hope you are too. Reaching out to folks who are lost and dying without Christ. He's faithful. Hey, listen, I didn't save them. Jesus did. I was just trying to be faithful to the task of sowing the seed and watering the seed. And there will be reaping. Hey, I, I like to garden a little bit. I put those seeds in the ground. I water it. Well, actually, I get my daughter to do most of the watering. You know, it always comes up. Some of them not so much. Well, there's great amount. Hey, if we plant the seed and water the seed, there will be fruit. Increase. Let's be busy about it. God is faithful in His gifts. In verse, uh, let's keep going down. Verse number 22. Uh, uh, we are not consumed, but His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Compassions. It means to be moved in the heart out of love for another. The Word is a picture of the grace of God actively moving in the life of the believer. You see, as you pass through those valleys... And those struggles, you don't go alone. Though you feel like it. Though you 
walk away from church and you say, they don't understand the problems I face. We know someone who does. And he's walking right next to you as you walk. He knows. He cares. He will not leave you nor forsake you. God observes our path and He gives us the grace as we need as we take that journey. God's gifts are faithful. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. God did not promise an easy road. I haven't found that verse yet, Pastor Deason. If you do find it, you let me know and I'll preach it, okay? I haven't found that verse because it's not in the Bible. But He promised that His grace will be sufficient for the need. That's what, he's, that's what we have. And He said to me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. He has enough grace. You don't have to worry about God's grace bank emptying. He has enough. More than enough. Now, we know grace is the unmerited love and favor of God towards sinners. And it's a wonderful, wonderful description. But as well, you know, grace is the strength of God to help us face the battles. And help bear us up under times of difficulty. And I'm sure in the last 20 years, there's been times in the church where there's been storms and difficulties and you've seen the Lord faithful. You've seen Him. And some of you say, well, I've only been here for a couple of years. I haven't seen anything major. Well, praise the Lord, but He's still faithful. You know, and some of you have been here for a long time say, oh yes, Pastor Alcock, we've seen some things. The Lord is faithful. The Lord is faithful. He cares about His church. He cares about His children. The gift of His presence, Hebrews 13.5 says, For it is said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And there's other verses of the Word of God that reveal that great truth that God is always present with His children. And when you're going through that deep valley of uncertainty and doubt and fears and worry and the struggles, you're not alone. You're not alone. Those moments when in your mind you think of quitting because the Lord's not working in your life or you don't see what you'd like to see happen. Listen, the Lord is with you. Just follow His leadership. The gift of His performance, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, Now to Him that is able to exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. I like that word able. Able. If this verse is taken at face value, then I'm certain that it is. It's plain that God is greater by far than any problem we have. Or that we'll ever face. Now, I'll be honest, I'll testify that sometimes I don't believe that because I'm acting like i got to take care of it myself and not leave it to God. But God is greater than all our problems. If you compile them all together, God's still greater. And He's faithful. He's an awesome God. The gift of His provision. But my God shall supply your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Philippians 4.19, Psalm 37.25. I've been young and now I'm old, yet I've not seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed begging bread. The verse teaches us the great truth that God takes care of us. He takes care of our needs, not our greeds. 
God has promised to take care of His children. He will. He's trustworthy. We must come to a place where we'll trust the Lord to take care of what we have, what our situations are. God, God's gifts are fresh. It talks about their, the grace of new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The grace of God is fresh, new every day. Aren't you glad for that? Every day it's new. Every day it's new. Every day it's new. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for itself uh, and for the things of its, uh, itself. She is sufficient. The day is the evil thereof. Just as a new day brings burdens and problems. And that's where our mind first goes to when we wake up, isn't it? Oh, that problem. Oh, that relationship. Oh, the situation at work. Just as those things come, we witness too the unfailing supply of God's marvelous grace. God's faithful. And see the fact that we're here this morning. Amen? And you're in somewhat good health because you're here. And you're somewhat of a reasonable mindset because you're here. He's faithful. Air to breathe, food to eat. Surrounded by people who love us. Boy, God's faithful. God's faithful in His goodness. Verse 24, The Lord is my portion. Saith my soul, therefore I hope in Him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for Him. The soul that seeketh Him. The word good has the idea of pleasant, agreeable, and excellent. Now that refers to the very character of God, doesn't it? This word reminds us that God is ever engaged that our lives would be the best it can be for His honor and for His glory. He's a satisfier. That word their portion in verse number 24. It means share. Or in, in a military term, plunder. The spoils of war. Jeremiah is saying, in the battle of life, God is my reward, my share, my portion. Psalms 107 verse 9 says, For He satisfied the longing soul, He filleth the hungry soul with goodness. God may not give you and me the things we desire in life, but He always gives us what is best. Because sometimes what we want and what's best is not the same thing. God gives us His best and it will help us to move forward serving Him. He's a satisfier. He's a sustainer. God will never fail those who place their trust in Him. Aren't you glad for that? He won't fail us. He can't fail us. For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believes on Him should not be ashamed. Not a single word of any of the promises the precious promises He's given will ever fail. I've known some great men in my time who they try very hard to keep all their promises. Every one of them has failed. Hey, I, I can think of some who made promises and they didn't know what was going to happen the next day. They got sick. They couldn't do it. I wasn't mad at them. But men fail. God does not. The grass withers, the flower fadeth, but the Word of God shall stand forever. If you come to Him for salvation, He will not send you away lost. He won't send you away. He's faithful. If you trust Him for salvation, He'll never turn you back. John 10, 28, I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of My hand. He will sustain you in this life and the one to come. He's faithful. I'll look around the church today. 
and I see what the Lord has done. It started when a man called by God, Pastor Brian Teeson, surrendered to start this church over 20 years ago. Since then, men and women who have accepted Jesus Christ as Savior from all kinds of backgrounds, from all kinds of places in the world, who have seen themselves set free from the addictions of this sin-cursed earth and now have been able to live for Jesus by the power of God. They've seen it happen. And, and they would give testimonies that it wasn't that Pastor Teaching brought us through a, a reform school. No, the Word of God transformed them. Transformed. This is the work of the Lord and it is good. The Lord has provided for all the needs of this church time and time again. And as I sat back this week and I was putting this message together, even in recent days, days that I have been here, I thought about how the Lord's been faithful and He's taking care of the steps so many years and months ahead. Folks, I can tell you, it was about this time, three, almost three years ago, Pastor Teeson, that we sat at a Swiss chalet on Beauvaird. And I asked him about maybe we should merge the churches together. The Lord knew exactly what He was doing. I remember in our conversations, both of us said, we're not going to force this, we'll let the Lord work it out. And the Lord's worked it out, Amen. He worked it out, and, and I can remember other times talking to Pastor Tees, and he and he was telling me about what the Lord had in store. He, he thought he'd be here a lot longer. I know that. And then the Lord moved in his heart, and the Lord moved in my heart. And this is the faithfulness of the Lord, folks. This wasn't man manipulated. This is of the Lord. He is good. He is faithful. He cares for his church. Provides for it. We've seen missionaries sent out from our church to reach this world with the gospel. Brother Camps in Holland laboring away, and so glad to have Brother Carding here with us today. And he's serving well in Nova Scotia. So thankful that. And soon our founding pastor will join that rank and be serving and ministering in missions. This is the work of the Lord, and it's good. And it is good. Maybe today you would say, Pastor Alcock, you know I don't. My life's not where it needs to be. Well, I'm so glad that you recognize that and i got good news for you. The Lord wants you to be the best life you could have. He desires you to serve Him. He desires for you to do what's right. But He knoweth the way that I take. And when He hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. That was Job so many years ago. And he went through some hard trials and hard situations. But he kept his face focused on the Lord and served Him. And the Lord used him. He was faithful. But God was faithful even more. He desires this morning for you to be where you need to be. Come back. Come back. I guarantee you, if that's where you are this morning, you come back, you're going to find the Lord Jesus Christ. Just come on back. Arms wide open. I'll forgive you. Uh, come on back. I want you to serve. And maybe you're here today and you never accepted Jesus Christ as Savior. I'll tell you, that's the greatest decision you ever make. 
This week I witnessed as two ladies accepted Christ as Savior, and I'm telling the sweetest tears I've ever seen in my life are those that are shed at the moment of salvation. They're the sweetest. And their lives are changed today, and yours can be too. And I shared this verse with them, that for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It does not matter where you're from, your past, your state, or anything of that nature. Jesus Christ's power is greater than all those things. The blood that was shed is greater than all those things. Come to Him. Today we remember what the Lord has done in our lives. Individually and collectively in Mississauga International Baptist Church. We remember and we have to say the Lord has been faithful. Amen? He's been faithful. I hope that you can say like Jeremiah said in this portion of Scripture, great is thy faithfulness.